everybody. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today we are wrapping up Willow with episodes seven and eight. And honestly, this worked out so perfectly because I remember we thought it was only six episodes. So we were like, oh, we'll do the season in half. But seven and eight, like being their own episode, it it just works. It's like the universe aligned for us. There's so much going on on the show. It's good. We could have done, I honestly, for the show, we could have done an episode per episode. It's so good. Because there's enough, there's enough to talk about. Yeah. There's so much to talk about. I'm going to be so upset if they do not renew Willow. That'll be, a, I, I think that'll be kind of a tough pill to swallow, especially since Disney Plus hasn't canceled too many of their big titled stuff. Mm-hmm. I, like, have, I don't know if they have at all, actually. The, the only thing that comes to mind is Diary of a Future President. Oh, but that was a smaller thing. Like I was upset they canceled it, but yeah, that was really sad. They got two seasons though. It did get two seasons, and Mm -hmm. now we get um, the brother in Percy Jackson. So at least there's that. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, like Disney Plus definitely doesn't have the reputation of Netflix for just Mm -hmm. canceling things. If this was a Netflix show, I would be like, it's getting canceled. I would have no hope because yeah. it's, it's it's like Dark Crystal, but like it's the same genre. So I'd be like, if they yeah. cancel Dark Crystal, like they're going to cancel this. Like, I mean, I know that the Disney company, they are not making money off of Disney Plus. And like they have said they are more than making up that loss within like the parks revenue. So, you know, with the, the changeover to Bob Iger, it'll be interesting to see if that affects things within Disney Plus, I'm just like really hoping they get to do three seasons of this. Mm-hmm. Cause it seems like it's planned. Mm-hmm. It feels planned. And that speaks volumes to the pacing. Um, Cause we'll talk about this as well. Like we got the Mando trailer and I'm, I'm not getting that same vibe for Mando, but like, I know Mando is going to like continue and they're never going to cancel Mando <laughs> until it's over and done. <laughs> So, well, also the show is getting like review bombed by a lot of bigots and just yeah people which who don't watch the show. I expect. <laughs> I am getting uh, a sense of deja vu. We've seen this film before. Um, all yeah. Last Jedi. Yeah, I, you know, like I. It's funny that you say that because I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, like I feel so confident that they know what they're doing for like next season. But also, like, The Last Jedi happened, and then there is a Skywalker happened. Yeah, so, (laughs) you know, we're kind of of feeling mixed. But overall, like, these two episodes, like, in this season as a whole, the season finale, just phenomenal Mm -hmm. watching these episodes again. I am so in love with these characters, and I just, I really hope they give them the time to finish the story. So before we get too into that, um... One recommendation, I do really want to recommend The Last of Us. So when this episode comes out, there will have been two episodes. Uh, Right now, we've only seen the first episode. I'm obsessed. Listen, I love Last of Us. The music comes on and it gives me chills. And they did so many things shot for shot for the game. Like, I I didn't think HBO had it in them. (laughs) Let me be honest. (laughs) I mean, HBO does some pretty good stuff. They do. I, I I agree with that. I feel like I saw so many people comparing it to the Uncharted movie, 
and saying like the Uncharted movie sucks, especially compared to this. Okay, like, but we know. like it. I like the Uncharted I know. movie. <laughs> We're like really in like hot that's a hot take that we enjoyed the uncharted movie it is and i don't think it just has to do with the fact that like we like tom holland i also think tom holland was a really good choice just for that <laughs> which is a very hot that's a hot take. which is also a very hot take um just but it's just like how i think that they perfectly cast joel in this yeah so far i feel like ellie was perfectly cast i'm obsessed it, mm-hmm. it, it looks so good so far so as far as news goes Um, We are four episodes in to The Bad Batch, and we had talked about splitting this episode or the um, series up into quarters. So there's going to be 16 in total. How are you feeling about The Bad Batch so far? Um, Fine. But also by the time we record Bad Batch, I think there'll be six episodes out. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, And I feel like so far with Bad Batch, there's really nothing thing that has caught my eye yet so so far there's not too much i think i have of quality to add to the conversation (laughs) i would agree with that like i it's i'm very like sad by the fact that like i'm not super into bad batch and it took me like over a week like i forgot to watch episode three and then i just didn't watch it until episode four came out and i wanted to like episode three so bad because it's got my boy in it but I am just not convinced yet that they're going in the direction that they should be going in. For me, it's like narratively, like, I don't know where we're going. It's just like, I feel like it makes more sense as like, you know, the Friday morning Clone War episode, you know, like Mm -hmm. it it does feel like old school Clone Wars. Because I remember like I was really into like, those other shows that were in that same time slot as Clone Wars. And that's what it feels like. It feels like it should be coming out like on Cartoon Network with the yeah. rest of that stuff instead of streaming on Disney+. Plus. So what did you think of the Mando trailer? I was actually... So when it dropped, I was about to get onto Cosmic Rewind at Epcot. So um, we were watching it in the line and then watching it after we got off. It was. It felt exciting to, you know, have Din and Grogu back together. I'm very excited about Mandalore. You know, I, like I'm excited for the most part. The music had me really excited. It was nice not to see really any cameos in the trailer, but they're probably coming anyways. Well, we did see some Jedi. It was, looks like Order well, sixty six. Well, I mean, it, I guess it's just an extension of Grogu's. Um, probably in memory memory. maybe because we saw we already kind of saw that like that's Mm -hmm. what i assumed you know dave he's got to do some order 66 yeah and like bryce (laughs) dallas howard is back directing like that's great (laughs) um and isn't rick as well famayua um yeah um, i think so yeah because isn't he also now an executive producer yes he is yeah Mm mm-hmm so that's good. Like, I, I am excited for those things. I will say when I watched the trailer again, I my, like, excitement went down just a little bit. And that's because, like, it feels like this should be, like, the series, like, end, you know? Like, the, the hero's arc should be, you know, like, it, it, ending. Yeah, like, he, he's traveling to Mandalore to get his redemption. Like, I feel like this should be the last season. And I 
don't think it is. I'm pretty sure they already said that it's renewed for a fourth season. Well, of course it's not going to be because, like, Grogu capitalism. Like, I was just at the Di- I was just at the Disney parks, and there's like so much Grogu merch. There's like no other Star Wars merch. It's like eighty percent Grogu. Well, and like I said, like we mentioned that it feels like Willow like has a plan and it, you know, it seems Mm -hmm. structured out to be three seasons, which is awesome. And you can kind of tell when things don't have a direction. And I, I hope season three feels like it has a direction because season two didn't as much um, because there was a lot of cameos. So I, I'm hoping that season three will be like a return to form with season one. And that since it is going to be continuing that it Mm -hmm. shows us, a, a straight path you know I hope that pacing is back on point because I'm a little worried yeah I yes I'm trying to keep my expectations low because I yes. agree with you I I really love season one and I hope that it's more similar to that I've actually been wanting to rewatch season one because of The Last of Us, like just to see Pedro mm-hmm. Pascal again, because season one was so good. Oh, my God. I loved season one. And yeah. I think I always forget about that because of season two. Same with yeah. like trying to rewatch like the sequel trilogy. Like it, it, it hurts, you know? <laughs> well, it's also like season one, like Cara Dune is in it. That's true. There's that. But other than there that, is that, yeah, it's a really great season of TV. The other thing is, like, they should be showing Pedro Pascal's face more, like, mm-hmm. I hope this season. Well, because he's, he's shown his face to Grogu, so mm-hmm. there's really no reason for him not to have his mask off when it's just the two of them anymore, I feel. Well, it's probably – he probably has a lot of religious guilt over it, though. Oh, 100%. So that's Listen, why. I'm – Listen, <laughs> I'm here for that religious guilt, okay? <laughs> Maybe he'll finally return. I don't even remember the the woman's name, the amazing ship from season one. Oh, Omera. Omera? Like, could you imagine if, like, we bring it all the way back? I would love that. Down? I would love that. No, that's exactly well, how the show should end. It should. 100%. It should end with him, like, putting the armor away. So, Willow, obviously, there's going to be spoilers if you haven't finished Willow yet. So, highly recommend you finish Willow. You, Everybody should be done by now. I feel like everybody has watched Willow and has obsessed over it. So, I'm just excited to finally talk about all of the amazing mm-hmm. things in these two episodes. We've got episode seven, which is Beyond the Shattered Sea, and then episode eight, which is called Children of the Worm. And I do want to... Before we get into it, um, I was writing my note for episode eight because we find out like the evil goo we were talking about is the worm's milk. It's the nourishment. And Google Docs really wants me to change it to warm milk, not worm milk. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, Google Docs. W-O-R-M instead of W-Y-R-M? No, it wants it to be like warm as in like we heated it up. It's some nice warm milk. And I'm like, I'm so sorry to traumatize you, Google Docs, but that's not what it is. <laughs> but isn't it W Y R M, though? It It is. Okay. It's the fancy worm. Um, just the, like the worm. It's like a dragon from, worm. Well, it's like the worm from Sarah J. Moss. Her worm, her word gates, her warvens, they all have the Y in it. <laughs> 
No, but like in in fantasy, worms are like fancy dragon worms, right? Yeah, I I think it's like um the serpent under like the um like the Midgard tree or like you know the the nine realms with mm-hmm. the Norse mythology. I think yeah. that's what it is. I think it's the world serpent. I think it's like the serpent that Apollo fights. That kind of worm. It is not an earthworm, um, <laughs> but it is like the giant worm from SpongeBob. Right off the bat, can I just say the Raylo of it all? I never yeah. thought Mr. John Kasdan. Mr. Uh, John Kasdan is like king of the Raylos, apparently. Was who could have foretold that the <laughs> prince who was promised was, was John, John Kasdan? Kasdan. <laughs> Color me shocked. Like just thinking about back to all our commentary on Solo and us just kind of just not being upset huge fans him. of him. No, um, because. We are fans of Solo, but it feels like all of the things that we don't like about Solo are, like, linked to him. <laughs> they are. <laughs> like, we read that, like, it was some kind of commentary. And everything John Kasdan had to say about Kira and L3 and Val, we were just like, oh. But then this happens. I will say, though, there's a lot of women on the writing team of this show. There is. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of um, female directors on this show as Mm -hmm. well. So women are all over it. And yet the one who restored hope to the Raylos was Sean Gaston. It's really backwards, honestly. It's very backwards. I'm shocked by this. Um, What shocks me the most is that, like, how cohesive of a heroine's arc happens in the show and how cohesive of a narrative is told over eight episodes. Yeah, we just saw a tweet today um, from Ty Witten Folly, where she cataloged Alora's entire heroine's journey, and it fits perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, that's exactly the story that they were telling. Yeah. And, like, I can't help but, like, my Raylo brain to see where Ray's journey left off with Alora and seeing... Alora become everything that we were wanting from that story with yeah. Ray. It almost feels like this is like lower stakes for Lucasfilm and Lucasfilm just, you know, handed off the reins to this small like creative team to work on it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's no pressure. I think with Star yeah. Wars, like Iger got his fingers in there. Like there was a lot of pressure to finish the Skywalker um, saga off to make fans happy. And there were too many people trying to get their hands on that project and mold it the way that they wanted to. So I'm I'm hopeful that Willow is like small enough that they can kind of stay in their own bubble and create this like beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Well, and it sounds like they've already kind of hashed it out or like outlined this the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. So as long as nothing interferes, I feel like this is shaping up to be a really good, you know, three-part story, um, which would mean that, like, if we got a second season, the second volume would be, like, darker middle chapter. And I am just... I I just love everywhere that the characters went and seeing where they possibly could go. I I just really hope they're allowed the space to still tell that. So right off the bat, episode seven, uh, finger touch across dimensions. Yeah. You know? Um, so, I mean, we left off at, C- at episode eight, uh, sorry, sorry, six, where, um, Kit is, like, falls 
in the goo or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's a port part where she's like midway between the realms, like where her brother is and then where the rest of the party is. And her brother actually like sees her. And just as you think that he's going to pull her through, she gets pulled back the other way. I see like so many interesting things with this like for one like yeah it feels kind of world between worldsy like it does there's a couple of like things that really remind me of like ray in the cave like the mirror cave mm-hmm. and this is one of them but it's also interesting because alora brought kit back from losing herself when she like hears her father's voice and then she also brings kit back when eric was reaching out to her and you could see this again as, you know, Kit putting blame on Alora for, like, coming between her and her family. But really what it's showing is, like, Alora constantly bringing Kit back to the light. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really beautiful because I think Kit has been so lost in her jealousy and her grief. And this is the point where she finally realizes that, like, Alora isn't out to, like, take anything from her. Mm-hmm. And it's it's... It's funny you say that because we've been saying we thought that Kit was going to be the one to go dark because she Mm -hmm. was showing so many signs of that, like the jealousy, like all those, you know, I guess like the Jedi Order would say like, this is what's going to turn you to the dark side, like all Mm -hmm. of these traits. But it was beautiful to see that turn that like that was like the moment where she solidified herself in the light. Is that Mm -hmm. when Allura brought her back? Because if she had gone through with to her brother, both of them would have been under the crone spell. Yeah, like for sure. For sure. Like 100% they both would have turned. I think being in Allura's light, which is something that they bring up again later, you know, keeps her on the side of good. And I do think that it is still very Anakin. And if anything, it feels like Anakin being given permission to love and have his attachments, right? Yeah. Because ultimately that's what they decide on. Mm -hmm. And ultimately by the end, Kit is given permission to choose love over duty. Mm -hmm. And that's what he wanted. Mm -hmm. God. (laughs) And I I do think, um, you know, if they tell more of the story, I I don't necessarily think it's over – with like who's gonna turn evil like is one of the twins gonna be on the dark side because there is still that lingering issue of like having bath morta's blood and the blood of the six so i do still think we can see that pull still Mm -hmm. and i am excited about that because it's not something that's like a one and done right Mm -hmm. it's something it's a choice you constantly make and also when alora saves kit so her hair had slowly been turning red um, so she was, like, very, very blonde, and as she performed more magic, it was turning very red. And I noticed, especially on my second watch, the second, like, her spell works and Kit is saved, like, her whole head, like, her all of her hair turns red. It is mm-hmm. so beautiful. Yeah, and it's, like, it's, like, su- the sign of her power of, like, you know, her finally stepping into herself. Like, she mm-hmm. is purpley herself in that moment when she realizes her ability you know like Mm -hmm. she finds the confidence in herself to be able to do that she is fully she has become Alora Dannon like she Mm -hmm. isn't like her her goddess self she's not still holding on to like being like Brunhilda or Dove or whatever because later on when she's faced with a choice and she almost 
goes back to that life, like her hair turns blonde again because mm-hmm. she's not being herself. Like she is this, you know, red haired, fiery goddess. So episode seven is them traveling across the Shattered Sea. And I really, this episode is so good because, you know, they keep hearing all these rumors about like the Shattered Sea is endless. It never ends. You know, you go mad. Seeing them traveling across this and then them taking the time, they train together. They, you know, speak with each other and figure out like, you know, what they're really getting into. The whole sequence was just absolutely breathtaking to me. So I guess like one of the first things that I would like to pull out from this traveling journey um, is a new boy, a new good boy named Kenneth. Kenneth. (laughs) I love Kenneth so much. And I don't know what's best. Like the fact that Graydon's the one who bonds with it. The fact that Kenneth is named Kenneth because Graydon is writing a romantic farce. Or the fact that Kenneth is depressed. Like, there's just so much. And Kenneth is a puppet. And we love we love when Lucasfilm does puppets. Yes. They're so cute. The eyes? Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Like, They literally made this thing, and they were like, they're going to love this. Mm -hmm. This is, Mm -hmm. like, this felt so indulgent. I, no, I'm so happy that they went practical with this, because it it really feels like, you know, with Lord of the Rings, like, Rings of Power coming out, and Amazon Prime being like, this is the highest budget, like, fantasy show you're ever going to see in your life. And it's just, like, it's beautiful CG. Like, that show looks gorgeous, Mm -hmm. but none of the newer you know, fantasy shows have used practical, really. Like, think right. about it. House of the Dragon, Rings of Power, Wheel of Time. Like, they all, like, really heavily focus on CG. Mm-hmm. Well, and they were able to really, like, pull this off because Kenneth, like, you only see, like, part of his head. And, mm-hmm. like, the main thing is the eyes, right? Mm-hmm. So there's really no reason to CG him when you can just build this puppet head And then have it feel Mm -hmm. so realistic. Like, that, it felt like a real thing. Yeah. Because it blended in with the environment. Like, Graydon was actually able to touch him. Like, I think it just added this whole other layer onto Mm -hmm. it. Whereas, I think if they had CG'd it, it just would have felt a little bit cheaper, right? Yeah. Graydon, okay. (laughs) Not only is he writing a romantic farce, okay? But we already knew, we've been knew he plays the flute. He's a musician, okay? This, this boy, this angry, sound, sad frown prince was able to use his flute like a wand. I know. His magic is purple. Excuse mm-hmm. me? <laughs> yeah, it feels very, like, between the light and the dark, like, purple in the middle. It does. Well, he's struggling with that because mm-hmm. he killed his brother He's been possessed a couple of times. I think that we see, like, the true side of Graydon is this, you know, soft-spoken person who likes to read and gather information. He's writing his own stories. He's a musician. Like, he is like a shy bard, which is so cute. And then you see this, like, struggle with the color of his magic being purple because he does deal with that darkness as well. The fact that he was able to train with Alora and they were, like, practicing wand forms and all of this, I just... 
thank you, John Kasdan. And like when she knocks him over, he looks up at her like just like that scene in Force Awakens when Silence like, Bottom. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, and like this is skipping ahead a little bit, but I just I really want to talk about Laura and Graydon. Like you, when they finally they reach a point in episode seven where like they feel like they can't go any farther. It almost feels like they need to turn back. And Alora is like really going through it. And Graydon tells her that he knows like they're going to get to Eric. He knows they're going to save him. And he knows that Alora will go off with him. And he said like he doesn't know Eric. And but he loves Alora and like he wants her to be happy and that she doesn't have to love him back because he wouldn't be the man he is without her. And I just like, wow, it's giving Eugene Fitzherbert. I know you're not ready now, but I'm here yeah. if you ever are ready. It's interesting that you like compare it to Tangle the series where it really feels like she's on this quest to like figure out who she is. Mm-hmm. Well, because she just like she was in the kitchens and really her only option was to be with Eric. And like, that's what she thought she wanted. Mm-hmm. And now that she's a Laura Dannon, like there's so much more going on than just like being with the prince and getting married. And the fact that Graydon recognizes this and is like, I just wanted you to know, but like, I don't expect anything from you is that's a lot. Like that's amazing. And yeah. I feel like in a season two, like, we're going to see Alora sit with those feelings and figure them out. Should we, like, just shift on over? Because there are so many love confessions, I feel like. In, this, in, in like, when they're kind of, like, on that little island thing. Well, like, when they're on the island, like, this whole montage, there's so, so much love happening right now. Well, we have the whole scene where um, Kit... And Jade, they're sitting on the beach. They're watching Alora like, train. And Kit just, like, gets up. And she's like, okay, like, if she's training, like, I need to train. I need to, you know, like, do this. So then, like, Kit gets, like, in this mood where she's just like, okay, like, give me your best. Like, don't take it easy on me. And they're, like, sparring, sparring, sparring. And then there's the love confession where Kit tells Jade that she loves her. And it was this, like, beautiful shot. It's, like, one of the prettiest shots in the whole show where, you know, Kit is on top of Jade and there's this, like, beautiful sunset in the background. And then they kiss. And, like, the sunset is, like, colors of the lesbian flag. Like, it is, like, so pretty. This shot is so, like, intentional. And it was, like, that moment where they finally actually admit to each other that, like, Mm -hmm. yes, we're in love with each other. Like, it's not... We don't have to pretend like we're just friends anymore. <laughs> Not that anybody was believing no, that, right? No, I know. <laughs> think it was for themselves. <laughs> yes. And, and I'm glad that they did this because I do think Kit needed that moment mm-hmm. to have her confession because she was realizing that when Jade was, like, taken in by um, the Raiders, right? And, like, Jade was finding her place and, you know, she was saying, like, I'd, I'd want to go with you and this and that. And Jade did confess to her then that she was, you know, desperately in love with Kit. And so Kit finally now had the space to tell Jade that she feels the same way about her. Mm-hmm. And Kit's whole thing is just wanting the freedom to live her own life and go down her own path because 
when she gets back to Tyr's lane, like she's expected to become the next queen. She's expected to do what's right for the realm when she just wants to live her life with Jade. Mm-hmm. And I really love that by the end of it, you see Alora and Kit both kind of dealing with the same thing. Like they're both dealing with like, we're told we have to be this thing, but like, what if we're not? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's okay. Down the line, like the end of the series, like who do you think is going to be like the ruler of Tirasleen? I I was thinking about that because part of me thinks that it could be like Elora and Graydon. Mm-hmm. But I kind of think like they talk about Elora being like the one true empress and things like that. Like she's so like I don't... higher than the kings and queens. She yeah, rules so, over them. So I do think it would be Eric. Like, I I do think Eric, what I'm excited for is to see him get some, like, more development. Mm -hmm. And I think we are definitely headed for that. And I do think by, like, the end of it all, we could see him maturing to the point where he could become the king and, like, actually be a very good king. Yeah, I I think think right now he's just not mature. Mm -hmm. I think he'll be a good king. I think he is born to be a ruler and he's just not there yet. Like, he's... More so than his sister. He's been resting on the fact that he's, like, the spare, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he, he doesn't needed to be. Um, <laughs> spare? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with everything that comes with it, you know? <laughs> um, but I, I think he's been resting on the fact that he hasn't needed to take responsibility. But I think we're going to see him grow and be able to shoulder that burden and help Kit out. <laughs> Just, like, laughing. I'm, like, heavy. Like, I'm, like, really deep into spare TikTok. Because <laughs> it makes me so happy. Like, just... I know that, like, Prince Harry is just, like, making a fool of himself. But, like, I I just, I can't help but watch the video, the TikToks about it and, like, dramatic really said like you know what? i just want to be messy <laughs> that's okay well, it's not even but it's not messy in the way that i thought this book was gonna be <laughs> it, it's just him with no filter talking about himself not like not only himself but like it's interesting that he's just like unleashing all of his trauma the way he is it is interesting <laughs> um Anyway, um, so before we get more into Eric, because there is a little bit more going on, um, when they finally reach the end of the Shattered Sea, I do really think it's interesting that everybody has kind of lost hope, and then Kit is the one to Mm -hmm. restore it. Because, like, Alora fully admits, like, I don't want to be Alora Dannon. Mm -hmm. I just want to go home. I'm, I'm tired of this. Like, we didn't find what we were looking for. And the growth of Kit being the one to tell her, like, it's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. And, like, we, it, like, we're gonna find Eric. Because we, we kind of skipped over this, but there was a scene where Alora and Kit kind of finally have, like, a heart-to-heart, and Kit apologizes, and they, and, like, admits that she's jealous of her. And just, it's so beautiful when they're they're just, like, sobbing, and they hug each other, and then they take that leap of faith to be like to finally find the immemorial city. And honestly, like I remember talking about Kit, you know, 
boiling over, being so irritated, so mad at Alora, and to see how far she's come, like that is so beautiful. Yeah, and it, there's a beautiful moment where um, Kit basically tells Alora that like she is giving Alora the power to make the decision. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, like, giving that trust over to Laura was, like, such a beautiful moment in the show. It's probably one of my favorite scenes in the whole show. Yeah. I I love this dynamic. Like, they truly are, I feel like, sisters. Like, they're like they've Anna formed- and Elsa. They're, yeah. Like, they are Anna and Elsa. <laughs> and they've, they've forged this beautiful bond. And this is actually in episode eight, but um, Willow says that, like, this is what mad mardigan wanted like when he went off like he knew alora would be safe because kit would be her protector like kit is her shield like kit will protect alora no matter what and i really really like that i i saw a bunch of um gift sets where they were comparing um kit and mad mardigan and man they they nailed it and like the (laughs) actress who plays kit did so good and that's what it feels like it does feel like the spirit of Mad Mardigan is still protecting Alora because it's living on inside Kit. Mm-hmm. So before we get to episode eight, we got to talk about Eric's little, little glow up. Eric's time in the immemorial city. <laughs> <laughs> he got a haircut. He went to the, the like, barber? Who, yeah. Or do you think that, like, the girl cut his hair? Like, I what? think he went to the same mall that Ray went to to get her mascara. <laughs> So, like, if y'all remember last time, Alex was like, I'm shipping it. And I'm like, oh, I mean, maybe, but, no, like, she's but totally I, the crown. I, I was on board with you turning her turning into the crown. I was like, yeah, this yeah. is the crown, yeah, but I'm 100%. shipping it anyways. Yes. <laughs> and and it all happened. I, I was still shipping it in this episode. Like, I'm like, so this is I. the crown. This is hot. It is, I'm into it this. It was great. Um, I did, like hearing kind of about how she became the crone like she was she wasn't lying like she was a princess of cashmere and it it seems like she just she became you know obsessed or she became a part of the children of the worm and now is talking about bringing forth yeah. an age and waking she him up she joined a cult so she joined, she joined a, a cult, cult and she now did. she is the leader that she's the crone she um, I want. I'd like to know how like magically she became the crown and like how old she is. Yeah, well, because she's. It sounds like she's. This has happened many times because she talks about like you know she's brought other people here and mm-hmm. that she's been in the city for a long time. So it sounds like this probably happened like long ago. Mm-hmm. Which I do like though because that still brings up like the maiden mother crone because obviously like her crone form is like very much this like undead she's like, really zombie gross looking lady. she is like yes. really gross looking very gross looking um but then she is still able to like be like her maiden self like when she mm-hmm. was a princess as well i also really like she just the way she's like we're not gonna make out you're creepy and i know you just want to make out with me because i'm a girl and i'm here and eric doesn't know what to do like eric bless his heart but she's like right but she is really <laughs> um, but yeah, she finally convinces Eric um to drink the worm's milk. And he no, gets <laughs> he she doesn't even convince him. He's lying there and he tells her, like, oh, I was drinking this, it tastes good. 
Like he was yeah, already she, drinking like, it. But then she gets him laid out on the, out, the oh, altar. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I'll do anything for you or whatever he says. Like, it's yeah. very submissive. <laughs> like, it is, like, very submissive. And I'm like, I'm watching. Eric <laughs> is very submissive. He, yes. And then not only does he get a haircut, but he gets a new yeah. outfit. And let me just say, so, like, I remember when we saw Eric the first time and I'm like, you look like a himbo. You look like a dork. And then they unveiled him and I was literally like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, like, wow, that man's attractive. <laughs> the wonders of a haircut, right? And, the bl- and all the black clothing. And all the black, like, listen. <laughs> it was, um, again, giving Anakin. Uh, yeah. 100%. Which I do like that they bring that in. Like, he has the blood of the six, too. Like, he also has mm-hmm. Bav Morda's blood as well. So I was glad that they still brought that in there. But um, I was not expecting um, evil Eric, dark Eric. Um, and I'm not mad at it. Mm-mm. Well, like we said, you know, we thought it was going to be dark Kate and we got dark, dark Eric instead. And it was a blessing. It was a blessing. It was. Listen, they said, we hear you, but we also think that you deserve this. And they gave it to us. So <laughs> I just want to say, like, hair and makeup and, you know, costuming, you did a good job. Fabulous job. Fa- uh, award. Academy Award. <laughs> His haircut, Academy Award. Um, and we wouldn't be saving, saying that if it was Adam Driver getting a haircut, like... Oh, God. No, because listen, Adam Driver did get a haircut, and no, I am apparently not it's happy. a wig. Thank God! Oh my God! They were talking about the roots and saying that it looked like a wig. I saw someone tweeting about it. He those pictures. He looks so disgruntled. And yeah, unhappy. I like. I mean, don't quote me on it. It might not be a wig, but people were like trying to debunk that it was a wig. It's hideous. He looks terrible. Like I. <laughs> They gave he like listen. I watched White Noise and I'm like I can't watch this because Adam Driver's look gives me the ick. I lied. I prefer the White Noise look, hundred <laughs> percent. I don't like this haircut. They wasted such a good suit on this haircut. But anyway, so we haven't really talked about this, but can I just say what a blessing Borman is in both of these episodes? He's hilarious. Yeah, I think that Borman. Oh my gosh, like the part in, is, is it episode seven or is it episode, beginning of episode eight when he sees if anyone wants to make out with him? Eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Like if it anybody so wants to funny. make out real quick. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm like, that is like your girlfriend's little sister. <laughs> like, You're so right. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, I miss Scorpia. Yeah, I do. I, well, that's another reason why we need a second season, because she would totally be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, like, even in episode seven, like, he's just very funny. Um, he's dealing with the fact that, like, his quest for this, like, yes, he was tasked to, like, help, you know, Kit and all them, but he had his own quest where, like, he was looking for that legendary armor, like, the cuirass, and, like, mm-hmm. he finally gets it. And he's very nervous about it. He doesn't want to use it. He doesn't want to try it. And then he does finally try it, like, when they're feeling, you know, really down and losing hope. And it doesn't work. I know. It was a, it's a heartbreaking scene. Like, it's, it like, is. sad. He's – but he realizes – and this happens later in episode eight, but he ends up giving the armor to Kit. And he realizes that the story is not about him. Like mm-hmm. – 
this isn't his story. This is, you know, the next generation's story. And I think once he realized that, it was like a weight had been lifted from his shoulders. And he truly cares about all of these people so much. And he just, like protects them to the very end. And I I really loved that development for him because for the longest time, it was like, do we trust Borman? Do we not trust Borman? Like, we don't know. And now it's like he realizes that this is why he's here. It's to support, you know, his friend's children. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful moment when, you know, Borman realizes his greater purpose in this story. And, like, I'm so excited to see where his character goes next season. I... I wonder where that is, like where like his character journey, where that continues from, you know, where he's gotten now, because I do feel like he's had so much growth. He has. I kind of feel like he is like he's like a Han Solo character, you know, Mm -hmm. like you weren't really sure about him, but like he has that heart of gold. Mm -hmm. So I could see him maybe like making amends, um, still trying to make it up to like Mad Mardigan and I, I personally do think if we get a second season, like, Mad Mardigan will be in it. Yeah. Um, 100%. And, and I feel like he probably has still a lot of guilt for what ultimately happened with their party and all of that. So I still think he has, like, a little bit of a ways to go. But I also really like that he has this theme of it's okay to pass the torch to the next generation. Mm-hmm. Like, aging is okay. It's okay, Cause, yeah. Because, you know, he, you know, he was the younger generation to Mad Mardigan. Like, he was mm-hmm. the young group. And now I think, I guess he's, like, coming to the realization that he's the aging one. He's getting older. He has to show the way for these younger people. He needs mm-hmm. to be a good role model. Yeah, that would be interesting seeing, you know, him and Mad Mardigan reuniting. Mm-hmm. I also think there's going to be some interesting things with him and Eric, Mm-hmm. Um, just their personalities. Um, and we already saw like Borman so- at sometimes was like kind of a stand in for Mad Mardigan for Kit. And we don't really know about Eric if he has those like same um, insecurities, but that'd be interesting to see as yeah. well. I also think that they probably gave this like passing the torch kind of story to Borman because like Willow doesn't really have it. Like, Willow naturally stepped into that role of guiding the next generation. But it is interesting. Um, there's going to be, like, a behind-the-scenes of Willow. It is interesting to hear um, Warwick Davis kind of talk about that because it does give me Luke vibes in a way. Mm-hmm. Right? Totally. Yeah, you know, uh, Warwick's, like, Willow is like Luke and then Borman's more like Han. Mm-hmm. Like you said, a stand-in for Mad Mardigan because Mad Mardigan was, like, the Han character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really love what they did with him. And him in episode eight really is great because, like, he he ultimately does go because, like, he cares about these kids. He wants to help them. Him covering himself in dust to hide from non-existent um, people. <laughs> him saying he wants to go down the same way he came into this world, but naked and something. And when he turns around, he's like, who's got butter? And then the door shut. <laughs> like... I I love him. He's just great. Like, all around, such a great character. Such a great himbo. Yeah, and never forget, you know, the shirtless waterfall scene. Never forget. 
That was for us. He was shirtless <laughs> in episode seven also. He was. He was hanging off the, the side of the boat. And then he also was telling Willow how he looks really good naked and has a really stunning something, but Willow wouldn't let him say what it was. So. <laughs> no nonsense from Willow. Willow is just like so, like you said, so Luke. He is so like street cut. Like he just mm-hmm. no nonsense kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I would love to see Willow let loose. Well, I mean, we, I guess bit. we saw it a little bit in that, like, party episode when he was drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I feel like he actually loses hope the most mm-hmm. out of everyone. He does. Because he full out, like, turns around. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like, a I'm big deal. Like, I'm going yeah. back to Mims. Like, that's where mm-hmm. I belong. I belong with my own children. So, like, it was a big deal when he shows up in the final battle in, the, the in Memorial City. Yeah. Well, he gives Alora the tools to save the day. Yeah. Right. He breaks. Like, he you know he breaks that kind of spell that she's seeing. This like the wedding scene. You know, like the the mm-hmm. it's not really happening, but he is able to break that concentration. Yeah. Well. So when we're in the immemorial city, it starts with Kit and Alora, and they're talking to um hot dark Eric. Um, and he takes him inside to talk to the crone who is in her young version. And what I really love is in what's kind of basically a throne room, um, there's that portal at the back and they're told that they have to make a choice and that it's, it's different for everyone. Everyone's choice is their own. And they go through it and they are shown what they want most. Mm-hmm. And we already mentioned this, like for Kit, it's having the freedom to have her own life with Jade. And then for Alora, what they're showing is like, we can go back to how it was before you knew you were Alora Dannon. Like you can go back to just being no one. Cause that's what she admitted that she wanted. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, going back to that morning when she woke up with Eric, right? Yeah. I I love that they like actually gave us a wedding. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. I love the <laughs> wedding look. Like Alora's yes. dress, but also like the veil. The veil is everything. <laughs> I was obsessed with it. And then I was also obsessed with the fact that like she starts to kiss Eric and then she's like, you know what? I don't think I'm into you anymore. You're kind of creeping me out. Yeah, I just like love like the humor of the show fits so well with the movie. Like it is mm-hmm. like it's so it fits cheesy. perfectly. Yeah, it's it's so well done. I I was like, are you sure, girl? Like, that haircut's pretty nice. It is pretty nice. But listen, like, but Graydon, she has her, no, her sad I frown No, I agree. I love Graydon. But you're right. You're right. Like, he, that is a look. Mm-hmm. It's 100% a look. But he was being very creepy. Because he's like, now drink the milk. Drink the, <laughs> the worm, worm milk. milk. <laughs> drink the worm milk. <laughs> he kept saying, it's nourishment. <laughs> drink the nourishment. I also love um, Kit in this scene. What brings her out of it is she hears Mad Mardikin's voice again. Um, and I really, truly, 100% believe. And, like, we we were, like, predicting that this was going to happen, right? We were predicting that Graydon was fitting to be in the pit and World Between Worlds and going to get him, right? Yeah. It was giving Tross. <laughs> it was giving Tross. But, like, here's the thing. I think... Obviously, like, this little dimension that they stepped into is, like, something different. Mm-hmm. 
but we do we hear Mad Mad, Mad Mardigan's voice, mm-hmm. and later on, like Graydon does get. It looks like he's like vaporized, but yeah, he's, he's in like pieces. Yeah, but he's like sucked into that portal. Yeah, and we do see later that like he is alive. And when Alora steps up to it, she sees the worm. So I do think that whatever dimension that is where Graydon ended up, I think that's where Mad Mardigan is. Hmm. Interesting. And I think that's why Kit could hear his voice there. And I think that's why she could hear it, like, when she was going to go through that other portal, right? Because he's somewhere else. He's in the world between worlds. He is in the world between worlds. And now so is Graydon. And I find it really fascinating that maybe when we meet Mad Mardigan again, it's with Graydon. Well, that's interesting because now we have two characters with the motivation to, like, get there. Mm-hmm. Now it's not just Kit. Like, Kit was the one with the motivation to rescue her dad, but now also Allure is going to want to go there to rescue Graydon, potentially. And Kit, or and Jade is going to be very angry that her princess and the one that her princess is protecting is like, let's go, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Alora will hear Graydon's voice. Oh, okay. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're saying you're you you have so many good points about like Kit hearing Mad Mardigan <laughs> that like if Graydon is also there, I and am going to fling myself off a cliff if she has a dream. Well, that's the thing. I was also going to say like Mad Mardigan and Kit are not don't have any magic. Like, they are common folk. Okay? Like, these two, Graydon and Laura, also have magic, so they could probably do what they were doing without the portal. Like a force is bond. A horse. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> not they're, just not like a Raylo, but... Ray and Kylo. Yeah. Literally, like, listen. <laughs> no, but, like, you're right. Like, I'm foreseeing... Like, what if she, like, is slowly hearing his voice, and then, like, she has a dream... And he's there. We got to talk about the po- like the post scene too, though. We right? do. Should we should we skip to that, or do we want to talk about the battle a little bit? Um, maybe let's just get the battle out of the way. So okay, we let's get the battle. Out. Ba- <laughs> battle's easy. They fight the crone, Alora. What a badass! Because the wand, the crone breaks the wand. She's like, "Where's Shandrilla's like little stick?" She doesn't. She need never. The wand. She never needed it. She never needed it. I. This is everything I ever wanted, right? For like a mm-hmm. Ray nobody. Just seeing her reveling in her power. And the power comes from her, not from the wand. Like you see it coming out of her fingers. Yes. Yeah. It came from her. It wasn't about this like old legacy wand. It mm-hmm. was about her. And I love that yeah. so much. Like that's just, I just thought of something else that was Star Wars. Cause you know, they broke the legacy saber. And then what did they do? They put it back together. Yeah. It didn't need to be put back together. It didn't need to be put back together. But anyway, I digress. Um, I I really love how campy the crone is. She says you can't defeat the worm. He's eternal, bitch. <laughs> I love it. And, and also when Eric kisses the crone, <laughs> Kit and Jade are like, ew. How is Eric going to get through that, like, trauma? He's not. No, he's not. And he's never going to get to live it down either. Like, they're going to remind him all the time how he kissed a corpse and said, I'm your king. And they were like, um, check yourself. 
Also, when Kit activates the cuirass and she literally becomes a knight in shining armor. That was so cool. It was so cool. It was beautiful. Like, the armor itself, they did such a good job designing. The fight was so good. But in the end, like, Willow tells Alora, like, this is what gets Alora, you know, able to take down the crone. Like, he says... Like, you have to embrace your defeats and your victories because you'll end up paying for both of them. Be decent, be fearless, and know this. Wherever the adventure leads, I'm with you. The crone is like, you know, Eric, you have to take over where I left off. And Eric comes after them. And instead of killing Eric, they save him. And Willow's like, you have to talk to him. You have to lead him back to the light. Yeah. And... Alora and Kit literally say, like, we both believe that love is the most powerful thing in the universe. I know. Can you believe it? That was so pointed. Lucasfilm, you know what mistakes you made. You know what mistakes you made. Like, the second those words came out, I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, that was pointed. That had, that was like, that was not just said out of whatever. That was pointed directly. (laughs) at some people (laughs) i just and even kit saying to him like i know you're in the dark and you're scared it feels like you're alone but you're not like come back to the light i 10 out of 10 so yes the final scene we see graydon wake up um on a pile of bodies this is the vision that willow Willow is always having and when he wakes up he sees He's not alone. Uh, short-haired Aurora <laughs> in black. In black. In a cat suit. Yeah, she has, like, a bob. She has, like, her red hair, but it's, like, a bob. And then in a cat suit. She looks great. Mm-hmm. It looks like this is the end of the world, and, like, she is, like, she's dark Alora. She's evil Alora. Like, you know, she's going to usher in a new age in her light, and she wants Graydon by her side. Mm-hmm. Now, like, this dark Alora, is she, is she trapped in this, like, other world because, like, good Alora kind of traps her in there because she chooses to be good? Like, why oh. is there, why is there, like, a dark Alora there? Like, is, is yeah. everyone's dark version there? Or, like, but why, or why is it just Alora's dark version? Well, see, I was wondering if that's the worm oh like how the crone could just like mask is younger like the worm like, has the power maybe, to do that yeah maybe um but i could also seeing it being like an inverse type of realm maybe my question is how graydon's gonna handle this because i do think graydon is going to know that this isn't right like this is an allura but because we talked about he has that dichotomy, he's dealt with that darkness before, I wonder if that's going to, like, bring it to the surface. Like, it's it's giving Dark Ray good boy Ben vibes. Like Empress Ray. Yes. When I saw that he was alive, which I knew he was going to be, when he went in there, mm-hmm. I'm like, they're doing World Between Worlds. They would not pitch this boy down the pit and kill him. They would not. And they didn't. <laughs> Right. No grave can hold my body down. <laughs> Literally no grave can hold my body down, okay? Um, so when I saw Dark Alora, I was like screaming because they <laughs> would never. like that. Sh- like you didn't predict no, that like the no, Dark Alora was going to be there. No, 
but like she is doing everything that we wanted out of like that dark ray right like Mm -hmm. she is like she's giving like sexy she's giving passion like all the things that our female heroines don't aren't allowed to do right Mm -hmm. so like i'm very excited to see those two sides as the story goes on. Will we see them fight the light and the dark sides of Alora? Will she fight herself? I would love to see that, honestly. And I would love to see her embrace that side of her. Mm-hmm. Like Willow said, like you have to embrace the the victories and the defeats. You can't be one without the other. I think it's I think it's a balance, right? Yeah. You know, this whole story started off with, like, being told, like, it was from a storybook. And at the end, the book closes, and we actually see the book be put on the shelf, and we see that it is volume one of three. Yes. So, hopefully we get three. Um, I would like them to make the announcement of season two right now. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I know, like, some cast members have kind of, like, casually said things but it's not mm-hmm. official. Um, maybe in the docu thing this week, they'll say. That would make sense for them to do some kind of announcement like with the documentary, maybe. Um, you know, who cares about Star Wars celebration? I would love a Willow celebration. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for that, you know? Like, why not? It And like I said, uh, the three books, the three seasons, it's giving Tangled the series. You know? It totally is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very much so. Um, overall, what would you rate the series? Like, 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10? Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree with you. Because I do think some of the early episodes were a little little, little wonky. Um, but man, that ending, it's so I think so by good. episode 4, it was like... It they was, figured themselves yeah. out. It, it took them a minute to fit, like, to kind of get their footing. And I think part of that, too, was just, like, introducing us to everything. Mm-hmm. There was a lot to kind of get us into. But once they had that, I also love that by the end of it, Kit still, like, didn't know what was going on. Like, she's trying to say, like, no, the crone is the the harbinger trend. And I, I love that they did that because even I'm like, yeah, I don't really know either. <laughs> I'm a little fuzzy myself. I hope Lucasfilm sees the love that this story is getting mm-hmm. and understands, like, the healing that this show has given to, like, this entire community. It's kind of hard to believe that Willow was going to do this. I feel like we, if anything was going to heal the the wound done by Tross, though, it does make sense that it was Willow. Yeah, and, like, I did, ever since they announced the Willow show, I felt very positive about the show. I was like, I think this is going to be really good, but I could never have predicted, like, how in line with the sequel trilogy the themes would be. It makes sense, though, because it's a fairy tale, yeah. just like, it is a fairy you know, tale. Like, like, Ryan Johnson really heavily leaned on fairy tale tropes. So, like, it makes sense when you think of it. But I didn't at the time. I was just like, oh, yeah, I think Willow will be cool. Didn't mm-hmm. think there was going to be, like, four ships. <laughs> and all of them were going to sail and be amazing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away is Once Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. And I think 
everyone got lost in the nostalgia of it all. And they literally, didn't they say, like, in the trailer, like, this isn't a, this isn't nostalgia. Like, this isn't about nostalgia. Like, this is about good storytelling. I think they literally said something yeah. like that that's like, wow, that was pointed. It's crazy that these two things are produced by Lucasfilm. I know. So crazy. And, and that John Kasdan is the one to give us this. It was John Kasdan. <laughs> I, I'm still not over that. I don't think I will ever be over the fact that it, John Kasdan was the Raylo King. Like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? I'm, like, sad that I'd, like, they're not in production for season two. Like, I would feel so comforted, like, knowing, like, they were in production for season two right now. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like, Andor was in, like, production for season two when season one was airing, I think. Well, because it's, like, one continuous, like, story. He's like, we're doing two seasons. If you want me to tell the story, it's going to take two seasons. And so Mm -hmm. they just kept going. Whereas, like, with Mando, it's just, like, a continuous thing. So with this, it's just up in the air, I feel. Mm -hmm. But I, they're really missing out if they don't renew it. Like, that's going to be devastating. Yeah. I hope that they have good streaming numbers. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. we only, we don't really know. We just know it's popular within our community. Right. Yeah. We see the love for it. Right. Because we're in it. Um, But we are currently still getting Bad Batch. And then we will get Mandalorian Season 3 on March 1st, which is actually, like, not that far away. So, no. Yeah. Just over a month. Like, we're almost at the end of January, so it's it's on the way. And then as far as High Republic goes, um, we will be back with High Republic in April, but Jedi Battle Scars is March 7th. And that, um, people started getting arcs for that this week. I am very excited to see where Phase 2 of the High Republic is going to go. I am excited to see where Bad Batch is going. I think right now... My expectations are just that I want to see more from the characters, and so far we've been getting more of the same. So I haven't, like, given up on it, but, like, I'm still unsure, I suppose, is the way to way to put that. So is there anything else about Willow that we need to talk about? I don't think so. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Lipstick and Lightsabers. And that is going to do it for Willow Volume 1. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, you can find us pretty much always on Twitter or Instagram at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at McCarter Shannon and Alex is at Alex Leonis. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.